0: That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. I get emails from subscribers of Learn Jazz Standards all the time saying that I really want to become a better jazz musician. I really want to reach my goals. I want to reach the potential that I know I have as a musician. But I just simply don't have time to practice, and I don't have time to practice the amount that I think I need to practice. Well, on today's episode, I have a return guest, Brett Pontecorvo, who is a brilliant musical mind and a brilliant teacher, to show us that, yes, indeed, we do have time, how to start prioritizing our practice and to find the spaces where we can thrive and grow as musicians. This is a powerhouse episode. It's one of those episodes that is the real deal. This is the real stuff that is going to help you improve. It's not the fancy tricks, licks, and all those things. It's all about this. So get ready, get your favorite beverage out, get engaged, and let's crush this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Alright everybody, what's up? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Welcome to episode 189 of the show. So excited that you're here. Thank you to all the return listeners. And if you're here for the very first time, well... I have a show for you that you are going to love, that you're going to get a lot of value out of today. And it's a great conversation with my good friend, Brett Pontecorvo. Brett is uh, uh, my musical editor and an engraver. He does all of my projects, all of my courses, all of my eBooks. He's he's brilliant with that. He is an absolutely brilliant teacher as you're about to uh, find out uh he's also the founder of livekeyboardist.com. It's uh, a website that that helps keyboard players uh play live and use uh programs like Ableton. Uh just a fun, phenomenal person just all around just an absolute goldmine of information. Uh this is one of those episodes where I feel like I learn just as much as you are going to. It's it really is a phenomenal episode. It's something that we can learn so much from, and I, I really want you to get engaged and dig in. So enough of me talking. Let's get on Brett Pontecorvo of livekeyboardist.com. All right, we're welcoming back on the show today, Brett Pontecorvo, who is a music teacher, who is an editor and engraver, and who is the founder of LiveKeyboardist.com and a good friend of mine. So welcome back on the show, Brett.
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: So excited. Uh, We've done some great shows with you in the past. In fact, this is your third time showing up on the show, and uh, I appreciate that. We've done sight reading. And we've also talked about uh, Music Notation, if I remember correctly, yeah. uh, which were rock-solid episodes. And every single time, you've just really laid down a, a lot of value for everybody. And I've learned a lot from you. Uh, of course, y- you work on all of Learn LearnJS Standards' courses and books, uh, editing music, uh, which I'm appreciative for. And I know that everybody who has those products are super appreciative. But uh, for those who maybe don't know you or haven't listened to those past episodes with you, if you could just give like the really quick one minute bio of, of who you are and just get people warmed up to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, gosh, what do I do? So uh, I guess my as, a, as my background is a, I'm a piano player. That is, that is like at, at my base. But from that, this sort of stemmed all of these things where I've gotten the opportunity to... Um, to do a little bit of writing and arranging, which sort of birthed my love for engraving and and editing um, and using, you know, music notation software. Um, And then also from from playing a ton of musical theater, I sort of, uh, you know, birthed this desire to really figure out how to equip keyboard players to play better in live situations. And and I guess I just love people and teaching. So I also teach lessons because... Because teaching is fun, um, yeah. I guess that's what I do. Those are the things. Those are the main, the main things.
0: Yeah, you, you're you're one of those people that, like, when I think of as, as a musician, just like incredibly multi talented and just really has so many important skills. Some which of of which I lack. I mean, when I think of uh, great teachers, uh, you are like on the top of the list for me. That's why I'm excited to learn from you today. Uh, and I'm excited for everybody to learn from you today because your teaching chops are just next level good, and everything else you do, of course, is just absolutely amazing. I want to talk a little bit about when we first met. Actually, though, we <laughs> first met in college. Yes, uh, yes, And we were we were studying jazz. I, tell tell me about a little bit about your uh, experience with with jazz music and oh, kind yeah. of what it's done for you today.
1: Whew, gosh, man, jazz did a lot for me. Um, you know, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, I think I really thought I was going to be like a, uh, a jazz, like, like that's what I did, but, but actually it kind of shifted the perspective, like holistically on music in general. So, um, you know, understanding jazz theory, understanding jazz improvisation has really been the, like the fuel that has allowed me to succeed in every area of music. Um, cause you know, like when you study just, uh, when you just study reading, um, sometimes you lack in the understanding that allows you to think outside of the box. So right. like the number one thing that jazz has taught me is I, I have a certain amount of information, right? In jazz, you have a certain amount of information. You have a melody or you have changes. Um, and it's up to me how I'm going to use that information and how I'm going to move through it. And I think that applies to teaching I think that applies to to business. It applies to how you deal with people, um, and so for me, I think it it really has become more of like a a life way of thinking. Like it, it's evolved way past the music itself.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll have to throw that up on on Twitter. Jazz is a is a life way of thinking. I think there's some some truth in that in my life. I'm sure there's some truth in that in some of the listeners' lives yeah. as well. Well, today's topic is really talking about how to find more time to practice, to become better jazz musicians. And th- this is something I hear a lot. And we just launched our Jazz Blues Accelerator course, which, of course, you were so, so involved with. Uh, thank you so much for that. I do appreciate that. And um, yeah, one, one of the rebuttals I do get, though, of course, when, when people are, are considering my courses or considering my products is, you know, I just don't have enough time to practice. And then even outside of that, you know, I hear this all the time, you know, oh, I really want to get better. I really want to improve. I just don't feel like I have enough time to practice i have a day job i have all these things going on and it, and it just seems like how can you possibly make time when you just simply don't have time or you know so there's there's this problem that that exists the passion the desire to improve as a jazz musician the as a musician in general but just not feeling like you have the time to do it so I want to pick your brain a little bit today because you, uh, you have a lot to offer on this subject. What are some things that we can start thinking about when trying to open up uh, our time so that we can start uh, dedicating some time in the practice room? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think the number one thing is we have to, be, we have to develop a bit of an awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So every time we're saying yes to something, we're also saying no to something else. And yeah. it, wor- it works the same way in the, in the opposite direction, right? Every time you're saying no to something, um, you are creating the space. We're creating the opportunity to say yes to something else. Um, and I actually think that's the main thing that we need to focus on today is is you know really intentionally placed nos, right that allow you to say yes to improving your skills. Um, and 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 honestly, it's not even super complicated. We're, we're, it it really comes down to do you have a clear vision for where it is that you want to go? Do you know where you're currently spending your time? Um, have you set up some sort of a system to track your time? Do you have a calendar? Are you aware of it? And then are you like continually checking in with yourself to see, am I on track? Am I moving in the direction that I decided I want to go? Um, Great.
0: Yeah. So let's pick up those one by one. So we start with, vi- I heard you say vision. So yeah. let's start with vision. Why, why is vision important? How is that really going to help us make more time?
1: Yeah. If you don't know where you're going, it's really hard to get there. Um, you, this whole thing actually started off, um, at, at, the beginning of my piano teaching career. And I'm just going to digress for one minute here. Cause I think the story is going to help give a little bit of context for where this all came from. Yeah, please do. Um, yeah. So I, when I first started teaching, I think I, I sort of had these like visions of grandeur that like my students were all going to be like the next Mozart. And you know, it's <laughs> like they, these kids don't need to play Mary had a little lamb. They need to start with giant steps. That's where the. you know um and and so i had a handful of students and they just had they had no fun they didn't like piano lessons they didn't really like me and so as a result i would come into lessons and be like i hate this i hate teaching i hate these you know whatever like it was awful um and so one morning i like i woke up and i was like something i'm doing needs to change um so i remember i like I had just gotten married and like, we we're still like kind of setting up the house. And I like pulled some paper out of the printer, sat down on the floor and I wrote down, I want my kids to practice. Mm. And that's where it started. I said, I want my kids to practice. And, and so I, I was like, how can I do that? What can I do to get my kids to practice? And I was like, I, I need to make a competition because kids want to have fun and I need to make a game. So I came up with this idea for a practice competition, and what I didn't see happening there was that there was actually a trade-off starting, which was, I had decided to trade my mornings where I wasn't usually teaching, um, from like scrolling Facebook and wasting time, to trying to make steps in a direction. So Mm -hmm. I had wrote down this vision, and from that vision birthed this trade-off. I had said no to just having a relaxed morning in order to say yes to creating something that allowed my students to practice. Um, And so over the next couple of weeks, I started coming up with challenges and things that um, I thought would get these kids excited. Um, And and I'll tell you this, it wasn't easy. it, It was hard. But now the practice competition has become a staple of what I do with my students. And my whole business changed. I ran that competition with four kids. One year later, I ran that competition again with 15. Wow. And it was completely birthed out of referrals and kids having fun and by the way when i went to work i wanted to be there when i was teaching i was like these kids are great it wasn't because i had different kids it's because i created some sort of a vision and created the space to action upon it
0: right so your vi- yeah. So your vision was: I-, I want these kids to practice. I want them to succeed. I want them to have fun. I don't want to keep coming in with this negative energy, right? Yeah. And yeah. and and you had you had to start taking action according to that vision. But without that vision, you would have just been stuck in in the same place. Absolutely. So I- I'm wondering what what are what are some visions that I, maybe we together we can kind of come up with this. Like, what are some visions that some some folks in the audience might have for for their jazz playing? You know, what what are some things? I'll go off. I'll start with one right away. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people listening to this show uh, have day jobs, and when mm-hmm. they come home, they want to have a little bit of time to practice, but of course, they've got the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have their husband or they have their wife. They have uh, or 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 whatever it is, right? They have other commitments going on and mm-hmm. you know maybe their vision is i just want to feel good playing at the local jam session right uh maybe maybe i'll let you have it yeah one.
1: yeah well like let's let's dive into that vision though because that's that's a good okay. one i, I think love, i like that yeah so w- when you're creating your vision like we need to go past that first vision right the first vision is is really about identifying the point that's stressing you out Mm. When I go to the jazz club, I don't feel like I can hang with those musicians, right? right? So I think the next question, like if we followed that down, would be why? Mm. And answering that question is really going to set you up for success. Because if your goal is feel comfortable hanging at the jazz club, it's so vague and nebulous. You can't take action on that. But if your goal is, I want to know the 15 standards that I hear repeatedly played at the jazz club,
0: right. you're setting
1: yourself up for success.
0: Right, absolutely. You know absolutely so more specific, we need to get very specific about what our vision is. maybe we understand the the ultimate feeling we want to get, right, but what is it that's what is it that's going to to develop that feeling? what's going to get us uh, through that door and on our way to musical success? Okay, I like that so yeah. so we decide that we that, that our pain point here is we want to. Uh, be able to play at the jam session? How do we do that? Well, uh, the thing that's making me feel uncomfortable is uh, that I just don't know some of these songs. And so I need to start learning some of these songs. And the only way, of course, to become better improviser of those songs is to learn them first, right? right. Uh, does that sound like? Does that sound about right to summarize?
1: 100%, 100%. Um, and by the way, these things are going to change, right? So like, as yeah. you get into the habit of doing this, you're going to go through these same four steps over and over and over again with a different vision or with a different goal, or maybe you master those 15 songs and you're like, man, the next thing I really need to do is feel comfortable putting some substitutions in that song. That's really going to be a thing that takes my playing to the next level. You know, there's like depth in this. So it's like the simplicity of your vision starts with, I need to learn these standards to improvise, but like it, like it, it keeps going. You know, it's sort of like, it, it's always reinventing itself.
0: Right. And if you don't yeah. mind for a second, Brett, let me steal the stage for a second please, and just maybe, te- maybe tell a little bit uh, to the audience, like, what is my vision for? Because, you know, my vision has changed. You mentioned how it changed. Yeah. My vision for my jazz playing or my musicianship in general ha- has changed quite a bit. You know, I think back, um, you know, when I was in high school or, or during my college days, especially the early, early days of my college days. And, you know, I was full of, and, and this of course is very good and healthy. I was full of excitement and, you know, I, I wanted just to be the best. And I envisioned my, some of my jazz heroes, how they toured the world and they were playing clubs in Europe and they were going to Japan and all these things. And I imagined myself doing that too. I imagined that I would be one of these most magnificent jazz musicians that would tour the world and just be so great. And, you know i knew that if i put it in the practice time i would get there hence why i practice sometimes 5 to 8 hours a day and That's just right. went obsessively bonkers right so but then as as life changed a little bit on me and you know for example i i uh you know, I became heavily invested in, and in learn jazz standards and that became my business. That became my livelihood. That became my new passion. That became my, my goal, my mission in life to help other people learn how to play this music and to get the joy out of music. Well, my priorities had to start changing because now I, I, I don't have the time to spend practicing on all these things. I, I don't have the time to go out at night. Of course, when I got married, I don't have the time to go Ray. stay up until four o'clock in the morning at some of these clubs in New York City. And I realized that I have actually a, a, another set of talents that can be used differently. So my vision for my musicianship right now is to maintain my skills to to a point where I can serve the audience here at Learn Jazz Standards the best I can. And I had to get very clear about that vision because I started getting confused about what my musical vision was at all. And so it changes, and it's not always going to be the same for everybody. You don't have to be the absolute most... Uh, you know, killer uh, s- uh, improv soloist. What is it that you want? I think that's what's important. Hundred percent,
1: hundred percent. And 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 the clearer you are, the the better you can manage your expectations. You know, when when you don't have a clear goal, it's sort of like almost leading you straight to disappointment because there's always that lingering feeling. And I know you've talked about this before of like, oh, I'm not good enough, right? right this thought that comes through your head, but when you're really managing like that idea of good enough based off a clear vision, um, you're like setting yourself up to not be discouraged because you know exactly what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. Okay, so we've established our vision. We've gotten clear about what that is. We've gotten specific for what it is and how we're going to accomplish it. What's the next step that we need to start considering so we can start uh, making more time?
1: Yeah, so I think it's, it's just this idea of creating space, right? So here's just like a really tangible way we can create space. Pull out a piece of paper and just write down on it everything that you are currently doing, everything you're currently responsible for. So this is going to be like, you know, if you have a full-time job, write it down. If you have, you know, maybe you're doing some, some, you know, volunteer activities or, or whatever it is. If you have to commit time to it, on a regular recurring basis, write it on a piece of paper. Um, and the reason for this is sometimes we d- we're not even aware of where our time is going. Mm. Um, sometimes we are, but like uh, the first time I did this, there was a, like an epiphany where I was like, man, I have to stop doing some things. Mm. Or I'm doing some things now that are not really serving me anymore. Um, so pull out a piece of paper and just write down on it, what, what are you doing? Um, and, and when you look at it, I want you to ask yourself the question, what can I stop doing
0: right and um, if you don't if you don't mind sharing what, what are some things that, that you stopped doing that yeah. that you know you had an epiphany what were the things that you stopped doing that started freeing up time for you
1: uh, the first the first time I did this it was I had to stop taking gigs that cost me more than they paid me. Mm. And so yeah, you have that's to a good, one. <laughs> it's a good, Yeah. But you know what? Like we forget about it because we're musicians and we're like, man, I just want to play. So I worked regularly for a theater in Westchester, which was about an hour, about an hour from where I was living. And you know what? They actually paid industry standard ish for community theater, you know? Um, but the problem was I was tacking on an extra hour there and an extra hour back. So when I looked at that and I started crunching the numbers, it was like I was making you know, six or $7 an hour. Um, then you look yeah. at tools and you look at gas and I was like, man, I got to stop doing that. Right. Uh, right. the truth of the matter is when I, when I freed up that space, I ended up working for a theater who was closer to my house. And even though they paid less money, I was making more money. Right. Because right. I wasn't traveling.
0: Right, you know, and I have, I've had a similar situation recently. And again, for everyone, listen, we're, we're this is professional musicians talking here. Your your goal might be to play that gig, right, you know. Yes, so this is this is just us, right? So I, I I recently, well, I guess three or four months ago, I gave up a weekly gig that I used to play that I decided was not serving my goals anymore. It wasn't serving um, the mental health that I wanted. It wasn't serving. Uh, it, it wasn't serving me uh financially or musically and I had to decide, you know what, this is no longer uh the best way to use my time. You know, I could do I could do better things with it. I could even practice with it and and work on my hone my skills a little bit. You know, not to say that playing a gig isn't good for honing your skills. Yeah, it, of course it is. But um you know, yeah. yes, I these are the decisions we have to make, even even sometimes if it seems almost counterproductive musically to what we have to do, right?
1: Right. Right. And and you know too, like if you're not somebody who's regularly taking stock of your activities, you're just you're gonna have some leftover things. Things that should have passed away with a particular season that just didn't. And um and I don't know, you were talking a little bit about like, you know, mental health. Like part of that is just like being aware of the season you're currently in and and fixing your behaviors to match that season and um and it's really tangible way to start is just be like yeah this no longer is serving my vision currently it brings it relieves a ton of stress
0: right, relieves right. A ton a- of stress. absolutely so we need to write down the activities that we are currently doing yeah uh, everything right everything. Uh, even e- everything. even detailed de- detailed things right not yes. even big things like we were just mentioning
1: yeah it and- can be simple too like oh man, I'm responsible for dinner five nights a week. Every night I come home from work and I cook dinner. Well, what if you cooked dinner for five nights in one night? What if you squish those things together? Like, Get really detailed because that's going to allow you to see where your time is going. Sorry, right. to jump in there. I thought no, that was actually relevant. a great
0: example. That that was a wonderful example, right? Because automatically, that's going to free up. That could free up a half an hour for you to make a connection with your instrument. I know that sometimes even just you know having half an hour or even fifteen minutes. Uh, gives me that grat that 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 uh, gratification that I need to 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 make a connection with my instrument. You know, even if I don't have enough time, that right there could just be could be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we so we write down our activities, and then we we decide which ones that need to go that aren't lining up with our vision.
1: That's that's right. And you know, step back from these things graciously, right? Like. We, we have to like take care of people well. So if you're like leaving a commitment you've been with for a long time, don't like call them up and be like, I'm out, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, and I say that like, you know, like, like leave things well, bow out well, but yeah, get rid of what is no longer moving you in the right direction because there are people who are waiting for you to be placed in the right place at the right time. And part of that is you leaving the things that you're not supposed to be in anymore. Um, and, and just to, like even add on to that, if you're seeing things that you're doing multiple times, you need to be asking yourself, how can I batch these things together? Um, Here's like a really tangible example of that is I noticed that every day before I went to teach piano lessons, I was preparing for the lessons and it was taking away from time to work on my website. So I was, because I wrote down how I'm spending my time, I was like, man, I can't be doing this every day. And so now I have every single Saturday, I look at what I've taught for the week and I print out and prepare lessons for each student on Saturday for the entire next week. Right. And now I've turned back 15 minutes a day, which like over the course of a week, you know, it adds up, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. The, the more that we can, uh, the more that we can get into the flow state as they call it, uh, and th- you're automatically way 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 more efficient where than if you were just you know taking bite sized chunks and constantly getting distracted and that goes for music practicing as well you know if you can uh just comp- you know get get into that state where you're able to make a lot of progress. Um, even if it's just one hour, you can make a lot of progress in that one hour if you just get completely locked into that. I guess that goes along with some of that batching stuff uh, mm-hmm. a- as well there. So wh- where do we go from here? So we, yeah. we got those activities. We've killed a few of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now now what do we do? So now we just need to see
1: now, like practically where things are laying out. So if you are not using some sort of a calendar, now is the time. So we're going to take the activities that we are currently doing and we're going to lay them out. Now, I love using Google Calendar because I can color code everything really easily and and it looks pretty. So then every time I like open it up, I'm excited to look at it. But we we need to make a decision as musicians to commit to being consistent. So it's going to you're going to see more improvement more quickly. Did I say that right? You're going to improve. But. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you're gonna I don't improve, know. Uh,
0: you're going to improve. Even I don't know.
1: Yeah. There you go. You're going to improve faster um, practicing 15 minutes six days a week than you are going to improve practicing two hours one day a week. So, right. so we need to set up a calendar so we can see where there is space. So open up your your Gmail calendar, your Google calendar. Open up your hard planner, whatever it is, and block out the areas that you know. You just don't have access to. If you're working a nine to five job, you don't you don't have access to nine to five. And that's okay. But you need to know it so that you can make other decisions in your life that allow you to have access either to the time before work or to the time after work. Um, So write it down. Right. So you
0: can, and you can see it, and you can see it very clearly when you do this. Oh, from nine to five, there's, there's nothing here. I, I don't have any time. Right. But then, you know, I killed that activity here, and actually, oh, I'm, what do I do for this entire hour? Am I just surfing YouTube or Facebook or listening to Brent's podcast again, or could <laughs> I, or could I be practicing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so once you've like laid everything out, you're going to see that there are some spaces. Um, and this is, this is like, your opportunity, right? So at this point, what you need to do is carve out something that I like to call workspace. And what that means is it's not that you are, uh, always going to do the same thing in that space. What it is, is it is space that is open for you to fill with tasks that move you closer to living in your vision. Right. Okay. So, um, here's a great example of this you work a nine to five job and you have three kids. Um, The best time for you to practice is probably not when you get home at six Mm o'clock and you're going to see that. So you're going to say in order for me to live in my vision, I need to be working 30 minutes every morning before I go to work. Now that can be maybe some mornings that is like uh, physically picking up your instruments. Maybe other mornings it is like I am going to transcribe this solo, but Regardless, you have made a date with yourself for 30 minutes, Monday to Friday, from 7 to 7.30 to work um, in some fashion. So look on your calendar, figure out where the space is, and say, what can I reasonably commit to? Because remember, we're going for consistency. So if you can't reasonably commit to practicing every morning from 5 to 6, you're setting yourself up to fail. Don't do that. We want to see you succeed over the long term, over the years. So if all you can commit to is 15 minutes in the morning before work, then start there, commit to that yes. um, and write it on your calendar and, yes. and show up for yourself. Be like, no, I am being transformed into a new version of myself. And the way that I'm going to do that is by showing up for myself every morning at 6- seven fifteen, right. And lay it all down um, and do something that's manageable. Because this is the other thing, by the way, that that um, that happens when you do this is your capacity begins to expand as you show up for yourself. Your ability to show up for yourself increases. So maybe it's 15 minutes this year, but you may find yourself a year or even six months or three months down the road being like, no, I actually I have the ability to do more because I've left things because I've grouped things together because I've been aware of my time, you know.
0: Yes, yes, I, 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 I so agree with this. and I, I guess I want to ask the audience right now and to, to have you have you all thinking about this, because I, I think there's something profound on there and' so simple. Do you have 15 minutes? Do you have 15 minutes? And I think that if we all look hard enough, if we all do some of these things that we're, that, that Brett's been laying out for us here today, I think the answer is going to be yes. We do have 15 minutes and we can make progress in 15 minutes. And consistency is the answer to improving your musical skills. That's worked for me. It's worked for Brett. It's worked for any musician that I've ever known that has had any success at any level. If you show up and you're consistent for the long term. You will see results. There's not a fancy trick waiting for you out there that is going to be the answer. There's there's not uh, a someday that that is that is going to show up for you. It's, it, it's now, right now, is the time for you to invest in your musicianship, to invest in yourself, to open up the time, and to commit. That the time is absolutely now, and let's not lie to ourselves and say it's it's coming up when I had when this is done, or you know maybe when uh uh you know m- maybe when I when I end this thing that I do, or when I when my kids go off to college. I don't know what it is for you. Yeah, it's right now. Yeah. it's absolutely right now.
1: We get we get trapped in that lie. I have a really good friend named Patrick, and he uh, actually really helped me a lot. Um, in the years like you know, right before I got married, just managed things, and he used to tell me, Brett, you will never have more time than you have right now
0: mm. yeah yeah that is, that is, it, 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 yeah, isn't that the truth though yeah i mean that yeah. that's so, that that's yeah. so true for me, yeah,
1: hundred yeah. percent, um, and we do have fifteen minutes, and you know what if you're practicing fifteen minutes a day, that means you're practicing over an hour a week, yes. Practicing over an hour a week, which means you're you're practicing more than four hours a month. So, like these things add up, um, which is why vision is more important, right? Because when we're connected to that vision, we're able to say, "Hey, over the course of one year, committing to this, I'm going to see these improvements." Right. Um, you know, it gives us the permission to take the journey rather than to say, "If I don't see results from my one mammoth four-hour practice session, then I have failed."
0: Right. Yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm thinking a little bit too, just about um, maybe some objections that people have. Well, I I just don't think that I can accomplish anything in fifteen minutes. I just don't think that I'm going to be able to do anything. I, w- what may maybe a good example is um, the new jazz blues accelerator course we just came out with, and one of the aspects of that is is actually a pretty simple thing to do, yeah. and that is simply take a blues head and learn it in one key. And well, that's just one small little slice of what you do, but you're taking that blues head in one key. And then the next session, you're taking the blues head in, into another key. Now, the, of course, we go through all 12 keys now. Uh, well, yes, we go through all 12 keys. So it, th- this is a, a simple task that can add up to massive transformation. Uh, if you don't believe me, it's because you haven't tried it. That's, um, so it it can have massive transformation. You're playing, but it's something so simple that you literally could do in fifteen minutes. Right there, a simple task is a good day's work. Would you agree with that?
1: Hundred percent. And and by the way, the reason that one of these like uh, like you're transposing a blues head into all twelve keys, right? In music, you're always practicing more than you think you're practicing, yeah. right? Because every time you transpose a blues head into another key. You're improving your transposition skills. So yes. two years from now, you're transposing a blues head into twelve keys in one day.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Right. And, so- and you're improving your. Well, we could go. We could go for days about what makes transposing such a great exercise for all of your musical muscles. Basically, you know. Yeah,
1: but it's the same with everything, man. If you're learning one head every month. I guarantee you, if you keep track of how long it takes you to learn ahead, you learned the 12th blues head or the 12th jazz head faster than you learned the first one.
0: Yeah, oh, yes. You've
1: been practicing how to learn.
0: And you've been doing it consistently.
1: Correct. So it's, you just, you get faster at practicing. But I actually think you, you've sort of like moved us here to like uh, the next thing, which is like having yeah. some set, set apart time for reflecting. And um, actually, I want, I want you to tell the story about uh, in, in college, the way you used to sort of prepare for your practice sessions. Uh, do, you, do you remember this? You used to have Post-its on your computer.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well, I, I guess I, I used to always write down what I was going to practice mm-hmm. um, ahead of time, right? Mm-hmm. And I would just write down everything on the Post-it note. And I guess it would be on my computer. I don't know why it was on my computer, but...
1: Yeah, yeah um, you had them on the front of your... Di- I remember like walking anyway. I remember seeing your room, like, by your trackpad, you had all these Post-its with, like, you know, and, and scribbles all over it, like, practice this, practice this, practice this by the day of the yeah. week. Anyway.
0: but so I usually cross them out, like, as I did them or yes. something like that.
1: Yes. But this is this is majorly important because we're talking about small amounts of time. So if you have 15 minutes to practice, you don't want to spend the first five deciding what to practice.
0: Oh, yes.
1: So, so we want to set up, some reflection questions that help us um, move towards living in our vision, right? So in for, for live keyboardist um, I I have a a reflection question that I ask myself at the end of every day that says, what did I do today for live keyboardist?
0: Yeah. That's your website. Live Yeah,
1: That's my, that's my website. And I ask myself this every single day because I've committed to growing this website and the only way i'm going to see it grow is if i'm chipping away a little bit every day so that's one of my reflection questions right um then another reflection question that i have for um for my my uh, piano students um is have i prepared for next week's lessons and i ask myself these every saturday right so it's a good idea to pick when you're going to ask yourself these questions. Um so like again, I do it every Saturday. I teach my last lesson of the week and I sit down and I ask myself my you know my weekly reflection questions and then I guess I also ask myself daily ones. But and by the way, this is maybe even a testament to the fact that like um as you're learning to set apart time, you, your capacity grows, right? There was a time where I was only um asking myself a like uh, a daily reflection question, but it's really gotten to a point now where I'm checking in with myself on a daily basis and a weekly basis on a monthly basis. Um, but it, it, you know, it's not because I'm great. It's just because I've been practicing, you know? yeah. So, sorry, just refocusing the point. Let's, let's go back to your original example, which was that, um, you, you're somebody who wants to feel comfortable playing at the jam session, your local yeah. jam section. And so we've decided that there are certain heads that come up every, you know, every, uh, every time you go that you need to learn. So, uh you know you you're having your reflection time and you know that you want to be comfortable playing these 15 heads right so you're going to ask yourself then your first reflection question is um have i worked on these heads x amount of times this week and you said it you said it did i spend 15 minutes in four, four no 15 minutes four times this week working towards this goal um and, and the reason you have to ask yourself this question is not to like condemn yourself, but it's to check in. Right? Did you do it? No. Well, why didn't you do it? Oh, I didn't do it because I couldn't wake up in the morning to get to my practice session. Oh, you couldn't wake up. Well, what time did you go to bed? Well, you know, after the kids go to sleep, I watched, you know, three seasons of whatever. And <laughs> breaking so I, bad. Yeah, breaking bad. That's what I was looking for. I couldn't remember the name of it. So so then you're able to sort of see why that is. It's not about making yourself feel bad. It's about making the changes that set you up to be successful. Um, so yeah, your, your reflection question, did I work on this, right? And then you can ask yourself something really simple, like, what can I do to improve my practice time? Maybe the answer is nothing. Maybe it's going well. But maybe you notice that, um, you know, you, you're getting distracted midway. Well, oh, maybe I need to change my location. Maybe I shouldn't be practicing in my home office where I'm distracted by my work, maybe I need to relocate, you know, just, just these little, uh, these little things to kind of help keep you on track. And then once you've gone through these keeping on track questions, then, then you have to say, how am I going to set myself up for success this week? Which, which I think is saying, I'm going to practice this head every day this week, or I'm going to transpose this head into one key every day or, or something, but decide what you're going to do. For the week ahead of time, so you're not spending your time deciding when you sit down to practice.
0: Yes, uh, I I I have this issue. Uh, <laughs> well, it, I mean, you, you know, you know, Brett, that uh, you know, as a content creator, because you're a content creator as well, uh, the worst thing to do is to, like, for example, to plan a to 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 not know what the podcast episode is about, and you're you're trying to figure out what the podcast episode is about, and then you record the podcast episode or the video or what. <laughs> that that is such it's it's such a waste of time it is absolute so uh yeah. <laughs> when you were saying that, it was just making me think of of uh, more of uh, the our entrepreneurial side here yes. of uh, of content creation. But this goes for music, just like you said. You know, uh, make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure you're asking yourself, did you do it? Did you not do it? All this stuff is just so rock solid. If we, let, let's let's go, let's re- do a little summary of all of this because I want to make sure it's very clear for the listeners in their head right now. So number one, we started with with what is your vision? Really quickly, just uh, you know, hit that one again for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Write, write down uh, who you're being transformed into. Mm. I, I am becoming a person who is comfortable playing the songs at the local jam session.
0: Love it. Okay, number two, write down activities we are involved with in and quit some of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, just write everything down. Um, write everything down and look at it. Get rid of what's not working. And if you can, group together similar tasks, you know? Yeah.
0: Okay. Number three, set up a calendar.
1: Yeah. You got to see where the holes in your time are. So when you set your calendar up, you're going to see what space you have, and then you're going to commit to showing up for yourself in those spaces.
0: And number four, finally, reflection questions, asking yourself reflection questions.
1: Yeah. Set up, set up some simple questions that allow you to check in and see if you are on task towards moving to becoming the person that you wrote down in that vision.
0: Love it. I mean, this is powerful stuff. Brett, I feel like you could be a life coach. (laughs) You're, you're a a musical editing genius. You're uh, an incredible teacher, a incredible piano player. It's uh, unbelievable how much talent you are. I'm lucky to have you as a friend to pick your brain and get to hear you talk about this stuff to me all the time. So I thank you so much for just, I mean, this is a value packed episode. This is, uh, I mean, I hope everybody takes action on some of this stuff today because this is transformational stuff. It's not about the next lick you're going to learn it's not about the next fancy chord scale theory you're going to learn this is some of the stuff here that i mean of course we could apply this to all other areas of our life but if you're channeling this into your music you're going to see results Mm. you're you're going to start feeling empowered in your musicianship i guarantee that Mm -hmm. um i want to end the show by just i want you to talk a little bit about live mm-hmm. Um because I, I do know I do know there might be some people that are that are interested in what you're doing over there um, and even if it's it's not your your niche, it's not your uh, instrument or the kinds of things that you do, I, I think it'd just be really interesting to hear about what you're doing over at live keyboardist
1: mm-hmm. yeah so the vision for live is equipping keyboard players to thrive um, in an ever computer-based growing musical economy. So, uh, the vision is really simple. I, I help keyboard players build out, um, performance setups in Ableton, um, that they can use when they're playing live. Um, so if you are playing with, you know, a pop band or a wedding band or, or anything like that, you're probably playing songs that have lots of different sounds. So I help you build those sounds out in Ableton. And then I also teach you, um, how to do synthesis and how to make sounds, um, that kind of work with it. Um, and then I just talk about gear and, and what type of, of gear you can use and, and good things like, uh, like that. You know, setting yourself up for success, the, the tools that you need uh, to succeed as a keyboard player.
0: Absolutely, I know there's a lot of keyboard players who are not just uh, piano players and keyboard players who are not just playing jazz. They're playing other styles of music too, or uh, or maybe you could even apply this to your to some of your musical situations here. So be sure to check out LiveKeyboardist.com. Of course, you can also find him on YouTube, uh, Live Keyboardist. Be sure to check him out, Brett. I want to thank you so much again for being on the show. This is. Uh, this is a great one. I know I'm going to be talking about this one for a little while. So ah. thanks for being here. Uh, you know that we're going to have you back on again. I uh, appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me, Brent. I appreciate it.
0: Woo. All right. I, I always learned so much from that guy. That's, that's all for today's show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. What a great show. Please, please take action on some of this stuff. Please check out Brett at livekeyboardist.com, of course. And uh, hey, you know what's coming. As I always ask, if you've been digging this podcast for a while, if you've been uh, enjoying it, not only should you tell a friend who you think could you know, get some help from the show, but go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcasts and leave a rating and review and just tell other people why you like the show. Uh, it's just a really helpful thing uh, for us. So thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate you uh, for doing that in advance. Oh, man, we have some great stuff coming up. You know, it's the fall. I, I the You know, when the seasons change, at least here in New York, you know, it, you feel different. You know what I'm talking about? You feel a little bit different. And uh, I've been feeling different lately. I've been feeling the seasons of change. Um, We just launched the Jazz Blues Accelerator course, and that's going well. And so many students are in that. Thanks you, thank you to everybody who's in that. Uh, I appreciate you. And uh, so it just feels like. Uh, you know a, a new chapter like something new is opening up and with that i just feel so much gratitude for everybody here in the learn jazz standards community and i'm just excited about some of the things that i have planned coming up for you guys not only on the podcast and on youtube and and all the other stuff and we're doing some updating of some of our our pillar blog posts that are we're just going to make them better um but also some projects that I have coming up that I'm just really excited about and so I'm just full of gratitude uh this morning as I record this show uh and I'm I'm feeling the winds of the winds of excitement the winds of change the winds of progress I hope you're with me I hope you're excited uh thanks for staying with me thanks for subscribing to the podcast and I'll see you next week with another great episode see you then